thanks to all of you who helped support this particular mandala. I couldn't do this without you. Not only your attendance is support as part of this community or the Sangha, but also uh, any uh, financial support that you are able to give. Thank you for that, that you've given, and please continue if you can. So this evening's Dharma talk is titled, and I've got a couple of notes here on it because there's a, I don't want to miss a couple of things here. Usually I do not use notes. The title is a little scary, Immaculate Perception. Yes, you heard that right. Perception, Immaculate Perception. When your perception of what is right in front of you is completely free of the debris of your BS, conceptions and preconceptions, opinions, ideas, and junkyard dog conclusions. When it's just pure immaculate perception, just perception, just perception, no one perceiving, nothing perceived. If there's someone and if there's an object, then there's a lot of clouds, which you may think is awakening. Clouds can be quite attractive. No perceiver, nothing perceived. The Sanskrit is Advaita, non-dual, not two. It also is not saying one, it's saying not two. You have to see that. You have to see it yourself. And the way in which you see that, my understanding is, is you look at the two-ness of it. You look at the at the, op the opposing ideas that are rising in the mind stream, the conflicting emotions about the nature of anything, whatever's happening in your mind, have conflicts about, should I or should I? Is this, should I go this way? How do I know? What about over there? What about, what about? The whatabouts are gone. That's the only credential you're going to get. You aren't going to get some kind of credential like, I think I'm seeing the truth. I think I see ultimate reality. Should I tell my friends? The whatabouts, you don't have them. They don't even work anymore. It's not like you got rid of them. And even these things that are arising that I mentioned here, BS conceptions, junkyard dog conclusions. I'm sure you don't understand what I'm saying there. But those don't have to go away. It's just that they no longer hold any, any power. They're still there, but they are, what, illusions that you are no longer deluded about. So the illusions do not have to exit stage left. You just have to see that they're unreal and you're no longer deluded. You even enjoy the illusions. Life can be very, very difficult, as you all know, I'm sure. If your life was easy floating along and you're having a wonderful time, you certainly wouldn't be here wasting your precious time looking at something like this instead of just enjoying yourself. Just be happy. What is that song? Don't worry, be happy. Pretty hard to do that. So it is about awareness of this. That's why the perception is clear, clean, pure, immaculate, because it, it has no confusions about what is being perceived and that which is doing the perceiving, because those are not two separate things. Also, they are not the same thing. So put that in your mechanism, your conceptual mind, and Try to stretch that into some kind of, have it make sense, be logical, be reasonable. It will not work. 
logic and reason work fine on the mundane plane of going this way, going that way, right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, life and death. Makes sense because it's either here or it's not here. Very simple. Most people are completely in locked up in the prison of their mind stream, thinking that there is a right and a wrong. I'm not saying there aren't things that are done that are extremely harmful to people, of course, or other things that are done that are, are extremely helpful and supportive of everybody's well-being, their health, and so on. Of course there are. But you cannot bring that about by manipulation, control, and things like that, making laws and rules and making everyone obey things. It has to be done through what? Consciousness. It has to be done through the awareness, not through the modality so it is about seeing this, seeing this, getting wet in the rain, getting a sunburn in the sunshine. It is about actually seeing this, this very moment right now. Any, any, any moment is always this moment. It needs to be seen. If it's not seen, then we, we take sides. We pick and choose. We think, well, maybe perhaps this should happen. Well, what about, what about the what about isms? We all know about those. They're all over the place. What about this? What about you? What you did? What about what they said? What about what happened last, last week? Don't do that to yourself or to your friends or to your community or your family. Please respect people's confusion. Correct no one. Unless they're eight years old and they're your daughter. Then you might have to do some correcting. But even keep that to a minimum. Be respectful of others. You know how, how to you know how difficult it has been for you to work with your life, the various things that have come around the corner, come out of the darkness and taken your assumed tranquility, your magnanimity, your balance, and knock you over. That's happening to everyone. Everyone is having difficulty with being a living being. As the Buddha said 2,500 years ago, life is suffering. It's caused by wanting something else. It's caused by the very duality that we tend to believe, that we tend to lock down on. All of these things can arise. The preconceptions, the opinions, the positionality, the judgment, all of that can arise as long as you see it is an illusion, that it's not, it might have some relative truth, that you, may, you might even use or put to use, you could say. But it's not ultimately true. Sometimes we use the words, excuse me, situational. So therefore, you know how to move, how to navigate, or how to move around in this physical realm of the human beings. You know how to move around because you see the situations changing this way. What you would have done 20 minutes ago, you're not going to do. Now you're going to do this because something has shifted in your awareness. Be respectful of that. How do you respect something? You don't jump on it with your conclusions, your ideas, your judgments about what it is way before you've even gotten to, to know that, to know how it feels, how it smells, how it tastes, how it sounds, how it thinks. All of that needs, all the sixth sense feels, including the mind, need to be received before you start any outflows on with your finger pointing or with your instructions to the peanut gallery. Don't tell anybody anything unless you have to. This is just another way of, t of talking about patience. Take your time. The world is going to come apart no matter what you do about it. There's no stopping it. Anything that arises, it's going away. This is 
was taught even before the Buddha. The thunder you just heard is going away. But right now, there it is. Take some questions around that material if you have it. What's the junkyard dog conclusion? I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought I'd use that. It's about being mean? No, junkyard dogs are just doing what their boss said. Protect this junkyard. And then the junkyard dog did it. So obeying orders. Functioning out of your out of your fear or out of your need for control. Junkyard dog. Protecting something that's what bunch of junk. I'm sure you could anybody could think about that. Well, maybe it's that one, maybe it's this. Who is it that was meaner than junkyard dog? That's my middle name, Leroy. But don't use it. Further questions? Yes, sir. She is on buying the immaculate quality. Is there any relationship to that in the contents of our mind? Bowing. I think there are, are relationships there, but the important thing when when we say pure perception or pure appearance or immaculate, I'm just using that as a kind of a play on words, of course, because it rhymes. But the idea there is to see everything you see is pure, is free, is completely liberated from everything you think about it. All of your conceptions, all of your ideas don't have to stop. You don't have to stop thinking. You don't have to stop uh, being a thinker. You just have to see from what the way it looks here is all of this is unreal. It is an illusion. It is a dream. And as it says, as said in the Tibetan tradition, the dream you had at night is the sample. That shows you what a dream is. Uh, you dream, you wake up, and you, that was a dream. That was unreal. No matter how difficult the nightmare or how pleasant the experience of dream, it was it won't last. It was unreal. It just vanished, poof, gone. Those dreams are extremely powerful. And that's a sample dream. And it tells you that what a dream is, so that when you are in this particular so-called waking state of being awake in the world, going to your job, relating to your family, fixing breakfast, this is the real dream. This is the actual dream you need to awaken from. You can do that. Do that. Do that before you pass away. Look closely at this world. Very difficult to do this without a strong practice that sharpens, strengthens, reifies, supports, prioritizes what? The awareness, not the thought patterns. The thought patterns are doing what anything that arises in the world does, passes away. It shows up and it's this and it's this and it's this propaganda on that and this thought and this belief. I don't care how profound. I don't care which philosophy it is, yours or some great philosopher. It's unreal. Vividly unreal in emptiness, yet there's still form, as it says in the sadhana of Mahamudra. Has to be seen. Otherwise, we're clinging to this and rejecting that, or we're rejecting this and clinging to that. Clinging, it's the clinging, the fixation that is a difficulty, not what's arising. Anything that arises needs to be here. How do you know? Because it's arising. Because it's not about you. It's about everything that is arising. And you realize what this is. You realize that you are that also. You're not separate from anything, anywhere. You're responsible for everything. 
I don't mean blame. I mean responsible. This is something I've been saying over and over again for the last number of years, maybe decades. I don't know how long I've been saying it. You just said anything arising is not about you. Yes. Is the you excluded? No, it's included. But it's what you're including is unreal. The, the self-centeredness is unreal. It's there. And everything else that's arising is also unreal. It's all dependently arisen. Anything you can point to, whether it's out there, whether it's in here, whether it's over there, whether it's her, whether it's him, whether it's this organization or this memory of what happened three weeks ago, I don't care how vivid that scene is, it's unreal. It's dependently arisen and it's imaginary. Go ahead. When you're bowing, so are you saying that anything that arises is all about everything? You could say that. It's, it doesn't separate from anything. Anything that shows up has, has is intimately you could say connected. You could also say it's just not separate from anything. So it's not connected like it's over here and it's got some kind of string or umbilical cord running to everything else. Not that kind of connection. It's fundamentally not separate. So the very nature of consciousness shows up as objects. This is consciousness. But it, it, the form it has uh, looks like an object in time and space. It's part of the illusion of something being real over there and not real over there. Go ahead. You're bowing. So are you saying that anything that arises is immaculate perception? Yes. It's a way of talking about that so that you can see that it's completely, completely clear of your preconceptions, your ideas, your judgments, your evaluations about it and at the same time not free of those at all it's completely flooded with all that but you see that it, it has no status it's an illusion it has no status as a reality it fools us because we take two things that are both physically present and we see how much different different they are we see one i've used lately is a cement block and incense smoke both are actual things in space-time, that illusion. They're here. One of them uh, doesn't have much duration. The other one has a lot of duration. But they're both unreal. More? Don't let me get away with this. If you have, if you have a, another way of looking at this, bring it this way. I'm including everybody on zoom also if your statement your argument is really strong and well thought out and well crafted then i'm happy to lose i'm happy to lose. i will lose right here i won't walk out of here with my tail between my legs and that's because they don't have a tail but what can we do uh, on the path with this teaching? We can't see immaculate perception, can we? Bowing. You can you can reflect when you're when you when the ego mind goes into constructs about right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, how you're feeling. When you start having strong emotions that make you want to give up or 
I've had enough of this. I think I need to talk to a psychiatrist. I think I need uh, drugs. I think I need uh, uh, to talk to a counselor. I think I need to take uh, Wellbutrin or, or Prozac or something to stop this. This is so painful or terrible. I'm not saying you shouldn't. Perhaps you should. It would be up to you. So it's the idea of using this teaching uh, that everything you see is completely what we impute is there. It's absent of that. It's absent of an otherness. It's empty of other, and it's empty of self. It is non-dual. It is not two. It's the duality that traps us and keeps us into uh, consciousness, into thinking there's something you can do right, something you can do wrong, something you can succeed at, and something you can fail at, and all the other complications. More? You emphasize not separate. Is seeing emptiness, seeing that our imputations and what's showing up are in fact separate? They're separated. The fingers are separated on the hands, but fundamentally they're not because it's a hand. It's a simple, simple example, but it's like that. This finger, you can't take this, it's separated from this finger. But you can't take one of the fingers in the other room and still have a hand. So it's separated. But we tend to pull things apart to try to get our way, try to have our way. We do it with other people, people in our family, people in our, com people in our community. More? Is there a relationship between what's showing up and our computations about it or our ideas about it? Sure. Nothing, nothing is separate from anything else. So there's a, there's a, to use the word you use, relationship, but it may not be the way in which you think relationships work. Two separate things having some kind of a uh, conversation about it. Worse than that, and it's better than that. It's worse because it's the end of the separation, and that can be frightening. It's better than that because there isn't anything. We're liberated. There wasn't anything that was liberated. Because that would be, we would be right back to relative truth, showing up and going away, or liberated and not liberated. The, the liberation is, is without anything being liberated. It's that kind of liberation. You've actually seen that there was no self in this conduit's form. Feeling, perception, concept, consciousness get together and form the, the feeling, the idea, the, the, the conclusion that you're here. And, and because you can feel pain on the back of your hand, or you can have a... a stomach ache or something that somehow this is you and this is an aspect of consciousness but it is not you nor is it not not you the whole idea of identity just starts to come apart more it's on are, are you saying that we have to see the separation between what's showing up and what we think about it and then also see how they're not separate? You're going to have to see all of it. And the way you, in which you see it is to practice watching what moves in the mind stream without accepting it, rejecting it, or shutting down on it, without doing any of that. And you can spend many, many years watching how you cannot accomplish that. You are, you are trapped by that. But watching that it doesn't mean that eventually you'll have control over that. But by watching that, you eventually turn, the consciousness starts to look at 
the identity part of duality, the otherness and the selfness, the empty of self, empty of others. There is no self, there is no other. It is an incredible illusion that we are deluded by and we'll go and go to war with our friends, our neighbors, we'll fight with people, we'll be jealous about things that belong to that we think belong to us when nothing belongs to anyone. This doesn't mean that we can go out and take people's things. Wherever things are at, that's where they belong. More? Further questions? Anyone on Zoom? We have 44 windows open there, so uh, probably some kind of question out there somewhere. Eric Powell? Yes, sir. Um, so it, it, it goes vividly unreal in form and emptiness, yet there's still form. Is that how that goes? Yes. V vividly unreal in uh, emptiness, yet there's still form. That's part of the. Okay. Does that mean it's the union of appearance and emptiness then? Yes. Following? And they don't have to come together. They're, they've never been separate. Appearance is empty. But it's not something that a process to go in and munch on to reify a self who's observing that. Quite often, this is what people who are highly intellectual get trapped by. They're, they're, what is this saying? Too smart for their own good. <laughs> so when you instruct us to watch what moves without adding, subtracting, or looking away, I think you just said that we can't really do that. So are we doomed to failure? Yeah, if ego is doomed to failure, but something has to happen in consciousness so you can actually realize it yourself, not just something I said, realize a complete impossibility. It is, it is as Trunk Rinpoche once said, uh, it's the path to awakening is one disappointment after another until the final disappointment, which is awakening itself, is completely devastating and disappointing to ego if there's such a thing as enlightenment. If there is such a thing as enlightenment, it's not a thing, so there isn't any such thing. Enlightenment has no has no substance. If it has a substance, it's going to come and go, like relative truth. So so you're, you can't conclude that you're enlightened. I'm not saying you can't. You can do whatever you want. But it won't last. Your realization, I don't care how enlightened it is, will fade. If it's, if it's a position outside of anything else, you're separating yourself from one single person in, uh, in the South Bronx. One person, all it takes is one situation where you think you're better than, worse than, different than anybody. There's, there's, no, there's no position. Time and space have collapsed. As Coben said in his, uh, in his uh, translation of the the uh, mantra of the Heart Sutra, which we're going to uh, recite or chant several times this evening after the end of this uh, talk. Falling apart, falling apart, falling apart. It's fine.
Mahesh. Um, since our perception is always faulty, uh, what else can we rely on, Boeing? Because perception is always faulty, what can we? What else can we rely on? Can't rely on anything. I I rely. I'm not recommending you do this, but I relied on the the words of my teacher, both of them actually. It just took me a while on the, the second one. It took a, years for me to understand what it was he was saying. I have I had several teachings from Trungpa Rinpoche, and only one direct teaching from Cohen. So there's nothing you don't need to rely on anything. It's a spiritual path. You start relying on things. That being said, of course, we have reference points, the three jewels. Return, return, return to the teacher, the teaching, the community, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. If you don't have a living teacher, then return to the Buddha. Read the words of the Buddha. There's all kinds of words that are attributed to the historical Buddha. Very powerful teachings. The Digga Nikaya, the Majima Nikaya, Samyutta Nikaya. We could go on. I can't remember more after that, but there's more of them. The Dhammapada. Rely on that. Read those words. Yes. Tomas from UK says, Dear teacher, are emptiness like mind illusions? Excuse me. Right. The idea with emptiness, as I see it or understand it, is everything you see, we have ideas and thoughts and conclusions about it. And the idea there is that Everything that you see is empty of your ideas about it. It, it. It's not substantial. So I'm not sure if that gets close to what you're asking about or what you want to know. You can ask another question that may get closer to what it is you want to know about. He has a second question. What about old mind patterns? How can we exterminate them? Don't exterminate anything. If it's there, it needs to live. It doesn't mean you, if, if termites are eating your house up, you might have to do something about, the, something about those termites. But it's situational. That's a situation you have to take care of that. It's not you're going to go around and kill every termite in the world. So you, it's, it's very, very situational. And the, the, whatever's arising in the mind stream needs to be there. You sometimes, uh, it's been called this way before I got here, we call it a, a Dharma gate. It's if you look at it without adding, you look at it without subtracting or judging. And you look at it without turning away from it. Then you see what it is. And what is it? It's not separate from anything. Anything that arises has its own, has it own, has its own validation just by it being here. If it's here, it's supposed to be here. Even the worst thing that is happening is dependently arisen. Doesn't mean it is, isn't horrible or a terrible thing that should not have occurred, blah, blah, blah. It just means that it's here. So be respectful to the confusion. If you don't respect the confusion, then you will, you will not see the clarity. You will, not see, you, you will not see things clearly, might be a better way of putting it. To see, if you see something clearly, what you're seeing is the confusion. You can't see clarity clearly even though it's been taught that way, pouring water into water. That's more fruitional. The practice of it is to whatever shows up, 
it needs to be there. That doesn't mean you have to do something with it or beyond just receive it. Just receive, receive, receive. More? Sir? Do you mind? Is that, can we relate to that needs to be there as immaculate perception? Can that be a path quality? Yes. It's, what that starts to show up as is as you do that, as you relate to whatever shows up and you just receive it, you just smell, you just taste, touch, hear, think, feel. You just receive. Receive what shows up on, on, on your nerve endings everywhere, especially in the mind. Just receive those. If you receive it, then it might have some duration or some insistence, but it won't last too long. You're not doing anything with it. It has its own um, has its own time frame outside of your wishes or desires. So yes, to go to the uh, immaculate perception, yes, just just receive. If you just receive, then there's no one gets a credential for receiving. There's just the receiving. And if you're just receiving, you won't really know, uh, in the conventional sense, what you're doing. More? That's why it seems to be necessary to have a teacher, a teaching, and a community. Yes? Kayan Belling, earlier today in book study, I think you said something about receiving, identifying as the obstacle that arises. Mm -hmm. Be the crap that you're trying to get rid of. Instead of always trying to get rid of it or cover it up or make excuses or blame something, or if I can only get rid of that, if I can only stop this feeling or that feeling, especially when the feeling doesn't seem to have any root to it, it's just a horrible feeling. Sometimes people that have that, just they can't stand it, not know what it is, so they call it depression. Then you have 50 people, all negative feelings, calling something of a depression, which is different in probably every single case. Go ahead. Is the obstacle immaculate perception? Say more. Kayan Valley, why? You also said today, an obstacle can't be an obstacle to an obstacle. Mm -hmm. And so if the obstacle is just this, is, is that pure? Yes. That's why I was asking you to elaborate a little bit. Yes. It's unreal. So I don't care how real uh, even the statement immaculate perception is just it's just uh, offered to help you work with your conceptual mind, which is is the big uh, obstruction, the thinking problem. We believe our thoughts. We believe our emotions. We have emotions. Somebody said this, did this, and we suddenly have something is triggered where we have intense emotions over any given number of things, stories about them, and so on. So it seems so real, so difficult, necessary to see that that is at the same time difficult and painful, life is suffering, but it's unreal. And so it doesn't that you don't have to get rid of it. You don't, you don't have to pack it up and leave or pack yourself up and leave. More? It seems that some obstacles 
have a different duration. Should we respect the duration of the obstacle? What, where are we going with say or, so it's no. You can you can say or. Yeah, you can say. Kind of going. It just seems that. I guess what I want to know is if I'm to respect the confusion that's arising and meet it where it is, does that mean that I need to move at the pace of that obstacle or can I flash on? The or part gets a little, as soon as you do that, uh, I would, I'm, since you're asking me, I would say just back up before that second or shows up and stay with that. And that will tell you what to do next because it's your mind stream. It's, it's, uh, involved with this particular body mind construct. Uh, and just whatever shows up, uh, don't jump to something else. Uh, just stay with that rather than look at options. That's a relative world, uh, is all about options up and down, back and forth, navigating the world, being successful, making a lot of uh, cosmetics or whatever, for, for whatever reason. So what you were saying about uh, Immaculate Perception, the name of the talk, was is very interesting to me. I want to hear more of what you have to say about that. Where you were going with that. I was just struck by what you had said earlier about getting identity from just this rather than the opposition. So the, so the negativity arises, and some I often say, just be the crap or shit that you're trying to get rid of. And I don't say be that and substantiate, validate that, the reality of that. Uh, but what you're doing there is you're, you're going the other direction from what we, our knee-jerk reaction is, is to push that away or blame something. So get a little taste of the, the shit. And so, so you have an idea of what, what you're working with there. So you know if that's actually that or if it's something that is masquerading as that. Because uh, the images can just are so uh, can just interchange. Imagination is so powerful. The defense system of ego or the self-centeredness is very, very elaborate and very powerful, and it will do everything it can to continue to survive as someone, either going somewhere and knowing everything and being ahead of everybody and outsmarting everyone, or someone who's really terrible. I'm just going to do an either or here, and really terrible can't get anywhere. It's just a complete failure and might as well give up uh, down to you know, just uh, being, um, um, you know, using drugs or drinking a lot and being on the streets and going the other direction. So very similar. More? Another image that I've heard you use is the, like the trash can lid. Don't abandon the trash can lid for what you think is in the trash. I said that? 
You see that? Is he right? Should I say that? Or is this a talk he's going to get? <laughs> you didn't say it recently. Okay. Stay. Yeah, so don't. Yeah. yeah. Look in there and see what's in there. So if we stay with the obstacle, yes. that is pure. Is that pure? But it's, there's no maintenance. It's, you're not separate from it. So the, the ego mind, it'll be, it, it, reference points won't, won't be there for it. So it can't be maintained. So the ego, what runs the ego and nurtures that self-centeredness, it starts to starve, just be a, an image. It just, it runs out of, it just runs out of juice. It can't, it can't survive in that just consciousness only. No self. Good. I thought he had me trapped there for a minute when he started to make fun of my talk title. Remember that part? He just raised his eyebrows at me. Is that a good sign? Bad sign? Does he like my talk? Is there, we got a little bit of time, if there's another one or two questions, uh, especially from often the dissonance. Go ahead, when you're, when you're bowing. So then is everything we see immaculate perception? Yes. If you don't do, if you, if you, it's a very natural situation and we're all in it all the time. Just a kind of a silly, pragmatic way of saying it, that we leave it because we have, make choices and have opinions and ideas and ha are afraid of what this actually is. Because it, it doesn't support an artificial self. It doesn't support an imaginary person. Ask me. So how can, can we live in immaculate perception? Probably much more easier than, much easier than you can live by fighting with everything and disagreeing with everything or being upset by everything. You, you can't take anything to the bank. You can't cash anything in. It's just this. There is no currency. There's currency to live in the world, of course. You have to make money, you have to have a job, we have to eat, all of that. And our, our society doesn't support uh, a worldwide community. If it did, we very few people are working at things. Most people would just be enjoying themselves, making, do, doing uh, what they would enjoy or like. And Buckminster Fuller talked about this many, many years ago, is uh, doing more with less. But it's never come about because people want power and control. And people want to take all the power and the control and all the money that they can. That's why we have so many very, very wealthy people and so many really, really poor and starving people because of the insanity in the world. And you can't just go in and change that politically. It has to start at the basis. And what is the basis? Consciousness. So it's a tiny start, but we have to start. We have to do that. Intend to see the truth yourself and you'll... You won't crap in anybody's dinner plate ever again. Yu Hong Baoying. Is our Buddha nature, could our Buddha nature 
be dependent risen? Bowing. Everything is dependently risen. So the the words Buddha nature, and uh, uh, and the way you seem to be asking it, I would say yes. But what it, what's actually being pointed at, no, because it, it doesn't it doesn't show up. Only only that which shows up is dependently risen. What comes into consciousness passes out of consciousness. Consciousness, uh, it, you know, I have these words that are abstractions, and so it's difficult to. Uh, to, to talk about it in this way without getting in some kind of existential um, disagreement about everything. So everything that arises is going away. So that means it's relative. So it's dependently arisen. So it has no individual individuality to it. That's an illusion. Thank you. Also, I have another question. I hope I can say that uh, clearly. So we're very well favored to uh, bump into this. My question is how you often say that we have we have nothing to we have no say so about what's happening. So I'm wondering how much say so to to see our Buddha nature. No say so. No say so. You you don't have to see, and you can't see what you already are. This is why it's necessary to have a teacher, so that, that he or she or they, if they've if they've met a true teacher, and have been helped in that way, to see what this is, then that you meet that person. That person keeps uh, responding to you in such a way you personally. You home, you you personally, in such a way to help you see your true nature. That's what this is about. It's not about joining Buddhism or being a Buddhist or being a monk, monk, although you may need to do that. I don't know. That would be up to you. I'm not promoting anything nor demoting anything. I'm just saying the idea here is to see what this is before your body mind goes back into the elements. See what it is. And what is it? Not separate. But you have to see that. It's not a conclusion. Just like fire, you don't conclude that fire is hot. You just know that it's, it's hot. You know that. You're bowing. Yes. Naisho bowing? Go ahead, Naisho. I have a close friend who is seriously ill. Yes. At the at this moment. Yes. I don't know many prayers. Yes. That I can send him. Just wondering what to do. Well, but, you can make up your own prayer. Yeah, we've been dealing with death a lot lately. We have a whole altar. Usually, there's maybe one or two, if or no pictures at all. Now there's seven pictures. I think. Uh, five of, of pets and uh, three of humans oh. on the Butsudan right now. Usually they're on the altar, but we have Coben's picture there for the ceremony. But just uh, just pray for him. Use, use your own words. You don't need a, some kind of a structured prayer. Uh, speak his name. Talk to him. He, he, you, you can talk directly to his consciousness. Just talk to him directly. Ask for help. 
You don't have to ask for God. You can just ask for help for him. Any, if you, if you ask for help and there's help available within 50 feet of this person with, within, within three centimeters, then it will hear you, but you have to supplicate. If you don't ask, it won't happen. You have to ask, just like you have to ask this old man questions or this Dharma cannot show up. You have to ask. So you can do that. I know you well enough to know that you are completely capable of doing that. Just write his, uh, his name down. If you have a picture of him, put that in front of you and, and talk to him and ask for help for him. You can even say, make it very mundane and ordinary. If there's anyone listening, please come and help this person, whatever their name is. What is their name? Nigel Bowing, Mike Bowing. Anything else? You could say his name. Ask for help for Mike. I think it's best to just, it's a situation that you're in, and the way you're asking me, this is the only way. I don't think things up. I do very little thinking. None of I can help it. Yeah, but the way this immediately comes back to me, and it's very forceful the way it rises in this consciousness. You can do this. You do it. You pray for this, Mike. We'll do that here. Further? Nice show. Nice show, bowing. No, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Ondabang Ath from the UK asks, could you please elaborate on how not to ignore, being able to not accept nor reject, neither passion nor aggression, but the don't ignore part is the most difficult. So listen to what you're saying there. Don't Just that you notice that. You see that passion is the grasping, manipulating, blaming, uh, choosing, uh, coming to conclusions, and all the other rigmarole that goes around in the politics of experience, whether it's internal or in the family or in the community or in the world, it's very, very confusing. I like it. I don't like it's good. It's bad. It should be. It shouldn't be. And then the aggression comes in and really gets uh, pretty tough. It's uh, aggression is just a really intense form of passion. The other polarity there to those two is ignoring. And as has been said many times, and I'm saying again, that's hard to see because the very nature of ignoring is to not be aware, shut down, look away, distract yourself. Oh, what a nice kata. Or here, look at this beautiful ikebana. I wonder why it's so tall there. And this is, well, let's see, maybe I just don't understand ikebana. So we get distracted. That's one of the ways we do that. So watch your distractions, especially on the cushion. If you're practicing shikantaza, which I hope you are. It's very simple. Sit down, hold still, watch what moves. Eyes open. Look at a wall. It takes years. You can't do this in 15 months. You may not be able to do it in years, but it's not about accomplishing it. It is about the intention to do it. Everyone's karma everywhere is structured in such a way that if you're sitting down and you've decided that you're going to see what this is, no matter what, no matter what, you're going to do this no matter what. This is a spiritual path. If you're looking for road marks as far as how you're doing, 
Uh, if you're a student of mine, come and ask me. I'll tell you how you're doing. I do it all the time. And I start out by saying, how many hours a day do you sit? I'm a little nosy in that area. So you can see the ignoring. It just takes it, it takes a lot of sitting of watching the passion and the aggression come and go by not getting rid of them. Getting rid of either one of those is, is a stylized and constructed form of ignorance, which is difficult to see. Uh, buying into standards, thinking you have to obey a standard or a law. Not that you shouldn't. I'm not talking about breaking the law. I'm just saying, look at any time you're doing something because of a, a rule or a standard. Look at it very closely and see what what is your actual motivation there for doing that. Don't do anything unless you have to, including obey laws. Well, you're probably going to have to obey laws to be in a community. So you would have to do that. You should. But then there are other st standards that we set up that we uh, it's more about um, being paranoid or not wanting to be wrong and so on. So your question is a very good question. I would just, just say, just persist and tend to see the truth yourself. There's nothing to believe, disbelieve, or ignore. Those are the three. You can do it. Just keep going. It's a long journey, long days, long days journey into tonight, I think was the name of the play. It gets darker. I have a follow-up question about this asking. You mentioned that distraction, look at the flowers, different things. Could, could curiosity as a way to distract ourselves? Bowing? It could be, but it's about awareness. So you don't have to stop the curiosity. But you can just be aware that your curiosity takes you into this or takes you into that, or the names of the names of birds. You know, you can get into oh, what bird is that? What what bird bird makes that sound or this sound? This is not incorrect. It's it's just it's just being aware that you're using different devices to kind of take the pressure off. Sometimes you don't have to stop doing that. Just like if you're a musician. Playing music, playing music can be not only a very beautiful, creative thing to do, it can be a way of easing things up for yourself. If you're having difficulty and you play music or sing, it might be a good uh, practice there. Just like chanting you can also do that. It's not about right and wrong. It's about awareness. There's no, no way you can do things incorrectly. And of course, I'm not saying you can be abusing people and that somehow isn't is okay. I don't mean that. I'm just saying that in the extreme version, well, obviously there's things we shouldn't be doing. I'm yep. wondering, uh, I ignore things. I notice that certain areas that I need to look deeply and more directly. And I try to use different ways to uh, not looking at that things now try to maintain could be just a health for, for example what what i'm asking is to what extent we know that is healthy or unhealthy not keep looking at this Bowing. 
I wouldn't get too wound up in that to what extent this and this and this. Just uh, get to the cushion, return to the, the teacher, the teaching in the community, especially the teaching in the community is very important. That's why we do this. That's why we get together and study together. Somewhere in this community, we're studying every day, sometimes a couple of times a day, studying the Dharma, as it's been taught in just dozens of different directions over the last 2,500 years. Uh, living teachers and teachers that are long past. And so, return, return, return. Thank you. Bye. Certainly. Take one more question, if there is one, and then we'll go to this evening's uh, service for uh, Kovanjina Roshi, his 21st year of since his uh, Parinirvana. You have one? Go ahead. And, um, what is the power of supplication? It's, it, it, it aligns with the, with the intention to serve and to help and to ask it. Uh, you don't know where that's at. You don't have any. You, you do it right into the darkness. Long days journey into night. Go into the darkness. Now, once you're once you've done that, once you're passed on, then you can go into the light. But right now, go into the darkness. You follow me? Good. Very good. You can do whatever's next. Hi, my name is Kozan, and I'm a monk at Sokokoji, where I practice with the guidance of my teacher Sokozan. We rely on your donations to support our programming of practice, study, and teachings, and to fund scholarships that help our full-time practice residents with tuition and living expenses. Thank you for helping our Sangha.